0: Central.com.
1: I've got John Cornish joining us for African analysis in a minute. Do you want to grab a coffee or are you, are you? I okay? love JJ. He's I He's great. Do you want to join us? Okay. Well, here he is. The, the great JJ Cornish. This is brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. It's our chance to catch up on everything that's going on in African analysis. Monsieur JJ Cornish, bonjour. And, and bonjour. Happy
0: for- Thank you for that and happy, happy.
1: Mandela Day for you.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. We're, we're
1: swapping national holidays here.
0: Uh, JJ, All right, so, yeah. JJ, I'm, a, I'm a fan of your work. I've been a fan for years. So it's an honor to be on the same um,
1: well, channel as well. Well,
0: nice to Nice to be with you. I wish I could contribute to a conversation about testicles and cocaine, you know, but I'm too old and too boring. <laughs> I was uncool never... in the 60s and I'm still uncool. So <laughs> so you've never you've never done like coke on like on
1: off a pair of balls.
0: <laughs> None of them. I do know that the expression I know the expression freeze the balls off a brass monkey is not actually vulgar. A brass monkey is a uh, some navigational device from the old ships and uh, when it got very oh, yes. cold, you know, their the balls would not uh, that needed balls to rotate, and now they didn't. And uh, John Robbie always used to tell that every winter that it's not, it's not un, it's not uncouth to say that. But but uh, so, it, it's been an, so it's been JJ. a fantastic conversation. Yes, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for making yourself available this morning again. You know, we, uh, we ask all the important questions here, like uh, balls and cocaine, but the, <laughs> the really important question, and this is something I think Fresh will understand too, because he flies a lot between South Africa and the rest of sub-Saharan Africa. He's also been up to the north. He's been all over this place, traveled almost as much as you. Why are our flights so expensive inside of Africa? Why does it cost me more to fly to Harare or Habarone or to Maputo than it does to to fly to, I don't know, say, Rio or something like that.
0: Well, because in many cases, and fresh should know this, you have to go sometimes into Europe first and then come back to your African destination. I mean, when I was, I, I got... Deep vein thrombosis, observing elections in Tunisia, I had to go there twice in a month and both times I had to go via the Middle East to get there, no direct flights, so that's the problem, the most expensive destinations for us are Zambia, the Seychelles, Senegal, Cape Verde, for goodness sake, Cape Verde in the old days, with the Boers in power, we had to go round the c- continent, we'd go through Cape Verde, and that's one of the most expensive now, and then Eswatini. The fact is, you see, the authorities think, and they believe, I mean, apart from their own officials who get to junket and go flying all the time, that flying is a luxury, and they've got to tax it. So they tax the buggery out of uh, the uh, visa fees, and And uh, taxes Uh, on flights are twice as much, (laughs) twice as much as are in Europe and the Middle East. So uh, that's what makes Africa the most expensive uh, continent to fly around and to fly out of. Uh, It's absolutely iniquitous, and you know, until they fix that, they can't complain about our tourism uh, not being at the peak it should be because our prices here are so good but it costs a king's ransom to get here. Uh the higher right. ticket prices are again because of uh the, the, you know they just don't have the demand to give uh, to to make for the wholesale prices that you get when you fly to Europe. You know we used to uh, when I lived in London we used to fly into Europe for 5 pounds and then they'd say can we throw in a hotel for how much is that going to be? Oh another 5 pounds. You know, that's the sort of thing you can do when you have huge volumes and we don't have them. So until the authorities and in certainly in countries like ours and Kenya, the big tourist countries, realize that taxing us, taxing the flights to the extent they do is counterproductive, we're not going to get the tourists that we need.
1: Good luck on that front. You wanted to ask something that I interrupted. No, no. You. I was going to say, I did a lot of flying between uh, Botswana and Joburg last year. Hmm. The ticket was 10 grand. You see? I 10 mean, that's ridiculous. Grand? Yeah, it's ridiculous. You like can get, how? Can you can you get like it? a 900 rand flight to Durban if, you, if you're clever about it, if you Absolutely. book in advance, you know?
0: No, you know, you can still get flights to, well, uh, before, before COVID, uh, you could get flights to Europe for what, three grand, four grand. So it was cheaper to go to London than to go to Gaborone. It's just crazy, you know? Mm.
1: All right. So let's talk Absolutely about Tunisia iniquitous. quickly. Absolutely. Because, because Tunisia has been in the news. I mean, Ons Jabeur, who was the, um, one of the, the finalists in Wimbledon this week. I love that name, Angebe. She She's from Tunisia, but they're yeah. in the news for another reason. There's a migrant control pact with the European Union. This sounds like uh, something that I'm just guessing here, a wild guess, but I think it's probably not going to be so good for the migrants.
0: I I don't know why. You know, I always say this to you, Gareth, you're too young to be so That's cynical. cynical. But, you're, but you're perfectly accurate in this regard. Yeah. Do you remember... Maybe you're all too young to remember, <laughs> because it's all of 10 years ago now. That uh, the EU, straining every sinew to keep the migrants out, made a pact yeah. with Libya, so that they yeah. Libyans would turn them, you know, would stop people and inter them instead of letting them get onto the boats. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, then finally, there was the story about the Libyans getting involved in the slave trade with migrants i mean you know when you hand things over to the libyans all bets are on anyway now tunisia <laughs> has replaced tunisia has replaced libya as the launch point for the most number of african migrants wanting to get to europe i think i told the story about when i was observing those elections in libya i in tunisia i went to see some young people to ask them if they were going to vote. They said, you go to this Mm -hmm. cafe. That's where all the young people hang out. I went. And you know, the conversation was not about the voting in two days time. It was about getting on the boat in two days time. And I said, but how could you spend all your savings and take such a risky thing? And they said, there's absolutely nothing for us here. And we don't know exactly what drives them. Sometimes it's in Eritrea, for example, it's the draft. You can get uh, called up until sixty-five, <laughs> so you know you flee that. Uh, it's even in even, some even even
1: fresh and <laughs> I would be in trouble if, if they had a call up to sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I, I, but,
0: but I mean, it, it's scary. And what what but what they doing? And 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 then finally, when I was there, I heard of boats actually sinking. And I wondered whether it was some of these young people I'd been speaking to. The fact is, that's the biggest turning off point. So now the EU has made a deal with uh, uh, Tunisia, and they're giving them a billion uh, euros. Uh, There's things that have got to be met, but they're giving them an immediate cash injection. And they say, you know, this is about uh, uh, green uh, energy, the economy, oh, yeah, sure. stability. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, yeah. when you see the headlines, it's about migrants. You know, that's what they do. It's basically, My, the, more billion, migrants have died a billion,
1: in the... uh, A billion euros to keep your people in your country and don't send them to us. That's what it is.
0: That's exactly it. And, and, and the, you'd think that they would address the issues that are causing people to leave, you know, uh, give everybody in Tunisia a, uh, a uh, Datsun leaf or, You know, Nissan Leaf to drive around in. That would be green (laughs) and keep the migrant. (laughs) But you know, it's very Um, sad. I mean, we shouldn't laugh about it. The Mediterranean is the most dangerous migrant route in the world. And this year, more people have died in the Mediterranean than ever before. So far. Uh, Good weather. Here's
1: a, here's a good point being made by Steve. It's probably cheaper to drive to Botswana than, than to, to fly around. Um, I actually do that. Yeah, you do that. By a million million million
0: miles. (laughs) It's a three hour
1: drive. Right. And
0: you actually get there quicker because airport, you have to be there two hours before, then you're flying for almost an
1: hour and then you're waiting for immigration. If, if you're driven, you'd have long arrived. So there we go. That's much better. Much better. All right. JJ, one last thing we want to talk to you about this morning. Um, Russia have signed some sort of wartime deal that allows the Ukraine to ship grain to developing countries, because we know that the Ukraine is a major supplier of some food security to Africa. So this is good news for us. And um, and see, Russia is not always the bad guy. In this case, we've come out with a good deal.
0: No, Russia is very much the bad guy. That deal was signed a year <laughs> ago. Oh, And they're now basing on it now. Oh, they okay. say no. The fact no, the fact okay. is that was negotiated by Recep Tayyip Erdogan the Turkish uh, president uh, yeah. and uh, it was right. signed and uh, it was agreed that the black sea ports they could uh, uh, and they were you know sending thousands of tons of of food now Russia is saying no well you you haven't given us what you said you would There's still sanctions against Russia uh, so we're stopping it the fact is uh, okay. we believe that Russia will allow it if they can get a better deal uh, Erdoğan is seeing Putin next month and maybe he can talk into going back. But th- this has been condemned. Anthony Blinken has called it weaponizing food. Uh, Antonio Guterres, the UN boss, is saying that, uh, you know, this is a blow to poor people around the world. And uh, but we're still going to keep going. The Ukrainians are saying, well, we'll still try to export from the black Sea ports. The Russians are saying, you know, you an- are not sending it to the poor people, as you've said. We don't know if that's mm. the case. Certainly, the wheat prices started to climb, and even on the news that Russia is closing the 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 this, uh, supply line, prices have gone up in the last few days. So uh, you know, uh, this is a, this is bad news uh, for for people around the world, including us, people who have relied on the wheat, the grain, the sunflower seed oil, which. Uh, the, the, Ukraine and Russia both supply, not coming anymore. So our food prices are going to go up, sad to say.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. All right, JJ, very good to catch up with you. And thank you for giving us some insights into what's going on in the rest of Africa. It's always good to to do this. We do it every two weeks. And JJ Cornish brought to you by the Johannesburg Business School. Thank you, sir. We'll check in with you soon.
0: Thank you. You don't mind if I listen in because the program is fascinating.
1: Sure.